0: to talk about one of the lakers big signings we've got justin rousseau uh at Flyby night um big lake or big uh clippers f- uh Ooh, fan and writer you
1: almost ruined it already <laughs> i know i know i almost did
0: i almost did oh ex- excuse me it's it's a it's already it's already a late one for me <laughs> but um
1: you know every day about 6 p.m it feels like midnight so i understand
0: yeah exactly so but uh anyways how are you doing justin
1: you know just living day day to day is all anyone could do in this uh hellhole that we call a pandemic so you know it is what it is is, (laughs) days
2: days blend together now
1: (laughs) you know like it's weird because if like if the nfl wasn't plane i wouldn't know what sunday was like as weird as that sounds
0: <laughs> i the only reason why i know what day it is is because i'm a teacher so um i only know it then last week during thanksgiving break i had no idea what any day was <laughs> like it was like tuesday and i thought it was like thursday and yeah no it was it was crazy but all right, so we'll go, we'll go ahead and get into it with bringing Justin on. Obviously, there is a guy that we want to focus in on this podcast. If you guys listened to the last podcast with me on it, it was I was obviously a Debbie Downer. Um, <laughs> people, people were like, holy crap, this guy is hating on the Trez signing. And I pretty much did, but that's fine. Um, so we want to talk about Trez because Justin watched probably every game what the last two, three years or whatever three that they've had right him? Now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he would he would know a lot more than I would, even though you know. It, let's let's just see if if Justin will make me feel a little bit better about the signing. So um, <laughs> I am I, I a therapist? Am I there a therapist? You go. Yeah. <laughs> for this for this episode, you may be. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll start with the bads, so then we can hopefully end better. Um, what do you think was Trez's biggest issue last year? I think most people would probably point to like how he played in the bubble, which even though then he still had like a true shooting percentage of like 60% in the bubble. Um, I don't know how much anyone can really say he would be bad in the playoffs because the previous year with that, with that kind of upstart. Clippers team before, you know, they, they got Kawhi and Paul George. He had like a 73% true shooting percentage in the playoffs that year. So what do you like, what do you think is the biggest issues for
1: him? So naturally everyone's going to point to defense and I would point to that as well, but Mm -hmm. I'm also going to take this on a different route. I think last year it was tough for him because I don't think he knew what his role really was Or he might've thought his role was bigger than what it should be because you got to remember, like, like you mentioned the previous year, it was, you know, the ragtag group that, you know, made the eight seed and took golden state to six games somehow. I don't remember how the hell they did that, but you know, he was a big part of that. And then the next season, this past season, it's like, okay, well here's Kawhi and PG buddy. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but they're going to have to get the lion's share of the minutes and the, and the touches and all this stuff. I think it's a, very tough adjustment for him. And I think that's why to me, one of the biggest issues with him was that he didn't fill the role that he probably should have like filled in a better way. There was many times where he'd get the ball, you know, on a short roll and rather than pass to the open guy in the corner, he would kind of just try to go up haphazardly and, you know, it wasn't great. So it's like, I kind of think it was tough for him last year, just trying to figure everything out. Like it's a new situation. Like as much as the team was the same, it was vastly different, you know, like you you brought in these Mm -hmm. two superstars and they get the lion's share and now he's got to tone back what he does. And I think it was tough for him, but I think he can use last year as a lesson to better prepare for this season.
0: I think I, I definitely agree with that because obviously now he's joining a new team. It's not some, something that he could have considered to be his team, you know, not necessarily that he was the star of the Clippers before they got there, um, but definitely felt, you know, as you said, kind of more of a focal point, even though obviously span of the year and yada, yada. Um,
2: well, their, but, their primary offense was really just Llewyn. Their, their main go-to is that and Trez pick and roll the year before, which so I, I, I definitely get the, the big, uh Switch when it comes to his role on the team for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think people
1: forgot how potent that pick and roll was, especially mm-hmm. with Gallinari, because mm-hmm. you know people couldn't leave him, and then he operated as a ball handler at times. For but a lot changed, you know. Like and it's not Kawhi and PG. I, I don't blame anybody specifically f- for what happened. It's just you're you're putting new people around a group, and you want that group to help the newer people, but they're completely different styles. And I think that was the problem. And so they stopped actually running. I, I don't think, I don't, th- it's not that I don't think I know they that Lou and Trez didn't run as many pick and rolls this past season as they did two years ago. And I don't know how much that hampered him. I, I also know like he tried to go one-on-one more. So it could just be a situation where, you know, it was a contract year and he just wanted to see what he could do, but you know, I I think the Lakers fit him better for his play style. If I'm being completely honest.
0: Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing real quick. You did bring up the one-on-one factor and going around Lakers, Twitter, you know, whether it be, you know, some of the bigger accounts um, they're, they're posting, whether like some of his, his passing and his, his ability to handle the ball. Now, I don't think Trez is a God awful passer, but, am I missing something there of like, like, I mean, I think he could probably get guys off the short roll and everything, but like, I don't think he's some like phenomenal, like fulcrum type piece that can just hit guys anywhere. Am, am I, I mean, as as I said, you would definitely know on that.
1: So it's weird because when he wants to be willing to move the ball, he can make the right decision. He's not an advanced passer by any stretch, Mm -hmm. but he can make the right decision. It's just, he has to do it time and time again. He's got to be willing to do it. And last year just flew in the face of two years ago, where two years ago, he was pretty willing to do it. Mm -hmm. And last year, what it just didn't seem, he felt willing enough and Mm -hmm. everything kind of became him trying to get his points, which is fine. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, slander the man for that. Like, at, a certain, at the end of the day, the game of basketball is about who scores the most points. Mm-hmm. And not all the points are going to look pretty. So, you know, I mean, look, he had a tough role to fill. And the one thing I'm going to keep harping on is it was vastly different than two years before that. I would like to I think he can get back to where he was two years ago, which is kind of funny, because as you guys said, he won six man of the year this past year. And I don't think he deserved it. I thought he deserved it two years ago.
2: Yeah I, yeah, I was I was in the camp of it should have went to Schroeder. Uh, I was too during the off season yeah. or during during the regular season just because I thought Schroeder was a lot more efficient with his uh, offense last year and, and it, it just looked a lot, a lot better with Schroeder on the floor sometimes with compared to when Montrez was on the, on the floor. So, but I definitely it is definitely weird because he his numbers wise if you're looking at the running stats he was better. the previous year but it's definitely a different situation when you're playing for a team that has championship aspirations compared to a team that is clawing and scratching to get into the playoffs so
1: well one of the interesting things with his uh counting stats is um he also shot more this past year than he did two years ago
2: Hmm.
1: and his it was the lowest field goal percentage of his career so it was like it was very weird he offset the efficiency with volume Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it made up for him having about 19 points a game you know like like i like i say, he's a very talented guy but he's also a guy who i think needs to understand what his role is because he can excel at it
2: i think that was a big thing with the clippers last season i i think uh there wasn't really a guy who can sort of tell him to get into that role now obviously Kawhi is an incredible player he's one of the best players in the NBA but he's not a vocal leader uh and and obviously that was harped on a little bit that they didn't have really that they were missing a leader a leader on the floor or um in the locker room with them outside of like a coach uh I think LeBron could help with that he could maybe help push him into that role obviously LeBron's a much vocal leader than Kawhi is so that could be something that Um, to speak to your point that he might fit better, uh, with the Lakers, uh, LeBron could be a big part of that just from a leadership standpoint. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I just, how, how he was used, you know, I've seen it a lot of people, whether it be Lakers fans or, you know, Clippers fans like yourself of that, he was used wrong. And I'm, I definitely don't agree with that, but I mean, huh? You said agree. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. My bad. Um, the fact is, is that it seems like the Lakers are trying to set him up to kind of be more of a four because that seems to kind of maybe fit a little bit more, um, like, just kind of like what they want to do. I mean, but I think then they need like some type of stretch big, which is kind of the, I would guess the hope with Mark, but then you just kind of get muddled in with some of the things like AD doesn't want to be a five. And then if, trez isn't really a five then they're both like if they're both on the floor like yeah ad should be able to mask his defensive issues which that's kind of kind of where i'm leading into of if ad isn't on the floor with him and they are trying to use him as a five like do you do you really think he should be a true five or do you think he should kind of be more with a, a four and then if the Lakers could get like a Dwayne Deadman or, you know, minutes with Gasol or, you know, something like that.
1: So it's interesting because I've always felt that he's a five and a fours body.
0: Yeah. Um, I definitely agree he- with that.
1: If you ever hear them talk about him and especially he will, he will mention this himself and his agents will mention this. They always say forward or power forward. Mm-hmm. They never mentioned center because they never wanted to like crater his market. Like, oh, he's only a center, but he's undersized. But mm-hmm. like, if you just look at his game, he is a center. He's a rim rolling center. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically what he does. And he's very good at it. It's not like I'm not trying to like minimize his impact, but that's that's what he excels at. So he does need a floor spacer next to him. And that's why the Clippers always tried to pair him with Jamichael Green, or you know, next to Marcus Morris, or sometimes when he would play the five next to Kawhi Leonard, who would play the four. Like they, they tried so many things, but the Lakers can do those things. Like, you know, Marcus All can operate as a power forward offensively, but a center defensively. And same thing with Anthony Davis. So they have these machinations to kind of play with the Lakers do that the Clippers didn't have because. They had Zubots who was in around the basket center, who did flash ability to knock down jumpers, but they couldn't play together because like that, that it was just very, the fit was very wonky to mm-hmm, be honest. Yeah. Like they tried it two years ago and it was, it was no bueno. Yeah. And then I think the only time they used it last year, if I can remember this correctly, the only time they used it this past season was I believe for like 35 seconds against the Indiana Pacers on the road <laughs> on the second night of a back-to-back. And Paul George was going bananas, and they needed some more size. And so, they, so Doc was like, ah, screw it. like us play them together. And it lasted like 35 seconds. But I think they actually played well. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And then they never went back to it. But, um, you know, looking at Trez, his skill set is good. And it fits the Lakers beautifully, especially because they don't just have Anthony Davis, they have Marc Gasol, so they can play them alongside each other. And it's just one of those things where if he's used properly, which I will say, I don't think he was used properly last season, especially in the postseason, he can help them. It's the other side of the floor I have issue with. But on the offensive end, if they keep it simple, it's a nightmare.
2: Yeah, to sort of he... go to your, your point, actually, real, real fast on uh, Doc misusing him, I, I know you, you touch on it offensively. Uh, uh, I, there was some talk I saw you and Laker Film Room Pete Zayas talking about how he was used defensively in the playoffs. Would you be able to speak a little more to that and how Doc was sort of misusing him there?
1: Yeah. So offensively, Doc, they just didn't get him the ball on the move. Mm-hmm. They kept trying to put him in the dunker spot, and that was never going to work. You know, he's he's an athletic guy. But if he's not on the move, the athleticism diminishes. Like he becomes easy to like to stop at the rim defensively. My issue with how they used him was also with how he used himself. He seemed very slow on to diagnose things. He seemed confused. Um, It's not a coincidence that the team was better defensively in the postseason with him off the floor. And it's not all his fault. I just think that him missing time before coming into the bubble due to the death of his grandmother yes like it completely killed him um i know he was frustrated he was supposed to play that final seeding game against okc and then they ruled him out because they said like his result wasn't uh it was like inconclusive or something they or they, so, something happened with the nba where they just held him out and it completely um i think it just really frustrated him and he wasn't himself in the bubble and like imagine it like this you're this guy who hasn't played in six months, seven months at the time. And now it's, hey, man, can you just come in right away in a postseason series? Like, yeah. that's not fair to the guy. So mm-hmm. I don't hold his postseason against him. But a lot of the stuff I saw in the postseason dates back to the regular season, you know, with like the missed assignments, stuff like that. Like, I can vividly remember Kawhi Leonard getting so frustrated with him defensively. Mm-hmm. He I remember told that too. him yeah, he told him to just go guard, I want to say it was uh like Tory Craig. Like he just stuck him on Tory Craig so that Kawhi could guard Jokic. Like it was I just I just don't think they were on the same page. And it was just it killed the team. It just killed the team. I just don't think there was a trust factor defensively and it kind of broke down.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And and Offensively, he's kind of a guy that I've wanted the Lakers to have for years. Now I wish he was two or three inches taller to be a true actual five, you know, instead of more of a four four body with a five skill set. Um, but yeah the the defense is just is definitely a big concern for me.
1: If um, I'm going to be honest, there is there there are bright spots to his defense. like he can defend. Yeah. Just not all the time. It's, it's, it's slightly an effort issue and slightly an issue that he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing sometimes. Now, I don't know. That could have been scheme related with the Clippers. It could have just been, you know, a myriad of things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're not machines like every day is different for them. So, you know, like who knows? Um, I think if the Lakers are to be successful defensively with him on the floor, they can't put him at the rim it's just not going to work.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree.
1: Outside of that, I don't mind him guarding non shooters. Like if, if you have him sagging off a of non shooters, he can help down in the lane and all those things. That'd be great. But it's, it's a very tricky game to play. And now, cause you're trying to do all these things. Like you want to play him as the five, but he's a four. And then like all these things. And like, it could come back to bite you, but they have the talent and, the mental capacity with LeBron and AD and Frank Vogel to figure this out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And definitely with the bubble, just to kind of wrap up on the negative concerns as someone who, who like I knew my grandma was my great grandma was passing away. And I literally told my parents do not tell me that she passed away until after I get off of work. Cause I knew I was going to just like break, down after like as as you know going through that and then having to like go play basketball which is a very emotional game in its own right you know
1: and you're away like, from your family I don't mm-hmm.
0: and away from the family like I don't well you know everyone can get their laughs off about like how he played and everything I I do agree that that I'm not really going to hold that against him, especially Mm -hmm. since we did see the crazy success the the year before, you -hmm. know? So, um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to some of his positives. Um, One thing that I think we kind of – we were going to talk about pick and roll offense and a duo between, you know, Schroeder and, and Trez. And just kind of like how that will relate to Lou like how Lou was with Trez. I think that can be rolled into one. Um that you know, as you said, getting him on on the on the move is just vital. You can't have him like just in a single spot, as you said. So you gotta be able to, you know, have a guy that can get that can toss him oops or get get him, you know, pocket passes or whatever, be able to use that 7'4 wingspan, like whatever. Um, hopefully, Schroeder can do that. What do you? What are your? What are your thoughts on that potential duo? I mean, obviously, we know, like with LeBron, it will be like ridiculous when they're on the floor together because LeBron's one of the best passers of our generation. But um, going along with Schroeder and kind of like that little parallel.
1: So it's very like if you if you actually just look at it as like like comparative wise Lou Williams and Dennis Schroeder are very similar, like mm-hmm. the shifty guards, obviously Schroeder's faster mm-hmm. or quicker, mm-hmm. I should say, but Lou off the bounce, going to the rim and being able to find like little crevices to get the passes into. It's a real thing. And Schroeder can do the same thing. So I do, th- I do have high hopes for them offensively. The problem with them is going to be the defensive side of the floor, but you know what? like it was with Lou and Trez, if you're producing enough points, it kind of doesn't matter what the defense is. Like if you're offsetting the negative impact with the positive impact, it's not really that big of a deal, especially with the other talented guys on the team. So that's how I look at like, like I think Schroeder could be very helpful for him. I know that Dennis Schroeder is a very good passer in pick and rolls. I know he's very good passing to roll guys. So I, I am interested in seeing how they, Pair together, although it doesn't sound like Schroeder's coming off the bench, so I, right. don't, know. No. But, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Any yeah. anyone that really, really was surprised by that news, I've I've got some you know seafront property here and the AV to sell you. Um, <laughs> so, so,
1: so let me ask you, who would be your pick to start at guard alongside of him?
0: KCP, alongside it, pro- probably KCP. That's that's probably who I would go
2: with. Um, I, I get the West argument because of his wing defense, um, but <laughs> I, I just think I like the chemistry a little more having KCP there with LeBron and AD. Yeah, I I think it also will prob- probably be kind of
0: a bit more of like matchup dependent, you know? Because like That's
1: smart, I bigger
0: bigger guys are 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 have been a have been an issue for KCP, mm-hmm. but West was ridiculously good with them. Mm-hmm. So you know, like say going against uh, Houston in James Harden. Now I'm not going to say Wes is going to shut down Harden all game, even though he he has done well. Um, but K- we, as we saw with KCP and say like Kawhi, he just got torched. Yeah, you know because he's <laughs> just he's just bigger and stronger, and you know has more length. Um, so like Man, I I still I remember I,
1: opening night. Those like four yeah. minutes of KCP yeah. on Kawhi were not pretty. That was no, they, that was like that a was, that the was like Taylor.
2: at the like the peak man. of the KCP hate at the very beginning of the, oh, that, that, that Lakers season. Those first five True. games were horrible. Oh, and especially, oh, that fans, yeah, I know.
0: Too. Yeah, well, and even <laughs> even, he, even he like Lakers 80s, fans man. were like, What are you doing? Putting him on him, he clearly can't defend him. What are you doing? Yeah, we were all just like
2: asking for Danny Green on him, and even yeah, that I mean I mean like, Kawhi is Kawhi, obviously. The only people who I, yeah. I would really think that could maybe shut him down on that squad is A D, and you don't want A D on, on Kawhi and, the whole game, yeah. A D and why I LeBron always, when he's engaged.
1: That's why I always was fascinated with Clippers-Lakers, because if we ever got them in the conference finals, which the the Clippers just completely botched that entire thing, <laughs>
2: um,
1: the matchups were so intriguing on yeah. both yeah. sides. Like, like who guards Kawhi? Who guards AD? Like, those are the biggest things. Weirdly, we never I got think they
2: them. would guard each other. In like, the biggest moment, I think that's what it would have been. I think they would have guarded each other.
1: Very, or, it very well could have been. Yeah. One, thing I, one, one idea someone and I had floated around between ourselves was we thought if it ever got to the nitty-gritty and, like, you know, NBA Finals were on the line and it was Lakers-Clippers, like, let's say Game 7, mm-hmm. one of the things we thought we might have seen was Kawhi on LeBron and Paul George on AD.
0: That'd be hmm. interesting because PG, when, when he's not, you know, shooting the ball off the side of the backboard. Please don't. Um, <laughs> he's, he, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, he's, PG is a legit – I'm sorry. That was, that was too easy. I'm sorry. That was like a flashback. That was like a, yeah. a, a war PTSD. flashback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, never Real again. Real quick
1: on Paul George. I want to say this about him. People might disagree with this, but I have watched that series, the second round against Denver, uh, a second time. Mm-hmm. I think he was their best player.
2: He had a good series. It was that last was, game. Yeah. It was that, last,
1: it was his that very defense, last game. His defense kept them in so many games, yeah. especially on Jamal Murray. He was he was absolutely suffocating. Cool.
0: He's what? He's 6'9 with what a 7'2, 7'3 wingspan. So I mean, like, He's and he navigates through
1: screens it. very well. Yeah, he he moves yeah.
2: like, a, like a guard uh too yeah. defensively. But like a giant guard obviously. Yeah. Yeah, when he's when he's
0: not having moments like, you know, that. He <laughs> Thank you. They all they yeah. always
2: come at the worst the most they, inopportune they, time though. Boy,
0: they do. That yeah, that matchup <clears throat> that matchup would have been a, a real fascinating thing. We'll see if we get that that there this year. I'm
1: not counting chickens anymore. <laughs> hell, hell, it, I didn't it didn't always count seemed chickens it, back then. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. It, it always seemed inevitable for like 95% of the season, it just felt like it was it need it was gonna happen. Like there's no way it wouldn't. And then obviously, you know, it happened.
1: That's what scared me though. It felt inevitable, and that's what scared me. Because all these inevitabilities in the NBA, like, oh, we're gonna see LeBron and Kobe in the finals against each other. Like, it never happens.
0: No, man. man, that one, that is, oh, LeBron, that, is a painful man. One. that is a painful one.
1: Yeah, sure. it's just we never get the things we want in life, is something we've no, no, expect, no, unfortunately. No, no. <laughs> uh, so.
0: Well, to get back to Trez, sorry, <laughs> after a little no, 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 i we we participated in that rabbit hole. We are known oh, for our rabbit holes. Um, how I guess I guess this could kind of go again into into two questions in a one of how can LeBron and AD help Trez offensively, and then like, do you see them being able to execute some of the common sets? I I think with LeBron, you can literally do anything, and yeah. just be like, hey just hit him on the move and he'll, he'll be able to do it. Um, I don't think AD is quite that passer, but I think also AD will have, you know, that type of gravity that will take guys away from him. Um, Just again, you got to make sure that you're hitting Trez on the move or, or whatnot. So um, what are your thoughts on, on that?
1: So I think LeBron more than anybody, obviously on the Lakers is going to help him offensively. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways might actually be so the Clippers like to run a lot of middle pick and rolls with him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um which the Lakers v- will do that. Like, it's not like it's not like it's a secret, like everyone runs right. middle pick and rolls, you know. But one of the ways that the Lakers could help him even more is I think they could run more side pick and roll action because mm-hmm. one of the th- like, it sounds like a really weird thing, but it's a shorter distance for him to travel. hmm when he gets mm-hmm. the ball on the roll, if you run it in the, <laughs> on the side and for a guy who's six, seven, yes, he does have a pretty long wingspan, but when you're trying to beat bigger defenders to the spot, you need to have as little distance as possible. So I, I actually do think that side pick and rolls will be a, a good thing for him. Um, they can operate with him in the dunker spot. It's just going to be like, like you can't do it a lot. You got to be very particular with how you do it, but mostly he he's a very good role man. The other thing is he's good on cuts, mm-hmm. but he's not a timely cutter, if that makes sense. So they're going to have to be able to diagnose and discuss with him how he can better, I guess, serve the team as a cutter and when to cut. And As we know, LeBron loves to hit cutters. Like that's mm-hmm. one of his God, yeah. greatest talents. So that in the one hand, you know fastballs to dudes in the opposite corner so yeah like those are the two lebron just linchpins of his passing arsenal so Mm -hmm. he trez is a very simple player and i know that sounds like uh like i guess rude to say (laughs) but most most of the great players are simple like you know what they're good at like like it's not hard like we know Kawhi operates very well at the elbow And Mm -hmm. in the mid post, it's, it's not hard to see that and get him the ball in those good spots. So with Trez, if they get him the ball in his best spots, which is middle pickle roll side, pick and roll, you know, get him as a cutter flashing through like these things will help him. And I think this is why, like, while I think the Clippers are benefited by him leaving and Serge Ibaka replacing him. I also think that Trez can help the Lakers if he is used correctly, and I have no evidence to say that he won't be used correctly at this point. Mm-hmm.
2: A, a quick question on Trez's uh, offense. Uh, there's been some clips floating around of him as a um, operating um, in a triple threat, like a face-up guy. Um, is that something that is just like highlights that, that we've seen? Or is that something that he, he does a lot as a off the dribble against bigs who are slower than him and blowing past him?
1: So uh, he likes to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. If he catches the ball in the mid post and he feels that he can take the big off with the first dribble, he will do that. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that he has become known for, for people who have covered the Clippers, watched a multitude of Clipper games, he has a patented shot, which is he likes to take running right-handed floaters. So if he ends up on the left side of the floor in the mid post and he tries to take the big off the dribble, he will get to the middle of the lane, take a sprinting, uh, leap off the left foot and throw almost like a right-handed hook shot, but it's not. It's a little push shot. And he's very good at it. It's his little pet shot. Um, he's tried to work in floaters. Uh, he's not that great at the floater, um, mm-hmm. but he likes to take bigs off the dribble. It's it's something that he just thinks he can do and he can do it. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to crap on the guy. It's just mm-hmm. he can do it. It's just I don't think that's conducive the most success for both him and the team right but it is something he has the potential to do
2: yeah that's something i see happening more with like lebron off the floor or with trez with just one of those those guys on the floor and sort of giving him the ball to sort of operate on his own but that's all that you're saying it's not like the most efficient thing to go if you're trying to maximize his his talents That that's not the the first thing to go to
1: essentially, you you know, when that might actually be really effective for the Lakers is if let's say Gasol's on the floor and Mm -hmm. Gasol's out at the, at the three point line and the center has to come guard Gasol and Trez is against a smaller four or someone like his size, he might be able to just bully them down. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing where he might have the advantage with the Lakers that he didn't with the Clippers because he was the center.
2: Right.
0: It's interesting it's interesting cuz like i don't really want him dribbling like at all <laughs> but <laughs> he just just as just as he said like it's not it's not the uh the most efficient but it's also not a play that i should be like what the fuck are you doing dude so mm-hmm. that's always that's always good to know
1: he's very dribble happy in transition too if he gets the ball in transition oh, uh and he thinks he can, you know, go the length of the floor, he will try. And it's not necessarily always ended up as a bad thing, but like he he thinks at times that he can do more than he can, which is fine. You want guys with confidence. So they might just have to rein that back in a little bit.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Hopefully he learns uh hit LeBron on the outlet, he'll do all the, <laughs> the rest of the work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, um, I think the last thing we we've kind of touched on it, but yeah, is there any yeah any any areas that you think that um the Lakers can showcase that Doc just totally screwed things up with, or um any areas on the Lakers that could be negative for him,
1: so You know, I I touched on it briefly. Mm -hmm. The biggest negative for the Clippers in the postseason with Trez was in that Denver series, Doc just kept putting him in the dunker spot. Mm -hmm. I think they were just very frustrated with how little they could play him, that they just kind of negated his offensive impact. And he was very lost on offense. He wasn't good on defense. And so they just stuck him in the dunker spot. And you can't do that. You know, like that's, you're not maximizing his value that way. Mm -hmm. So as long as the Lakers avoid that, that's the only negative exposure I could see with him on the Lakers offensively, defensively, just don't have him guard the rim. Um, Obviously, Gasol and Davis are there to help with that. But, you know, you got to remember, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but he was a center. His entire for the last three years and even a little bit before that with Houston, his penchant is to stay close to the rim defensively. So they're going to kind of have to beat that out of him like, hey, man, like you can go on the perimeter and guard people. It's just going to take some time. Mm -hmm. I think he can guard on the perimeter. He cannot guard against smaller, quicker guards, but against bigger wings, he does have a little bit of a chance. But as long as you avoid the problem areas, which I know sounds a lot easier said than done. Like if you mm-hmm. avoid all the weaknesses, you always have positives, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, that's just how I look at it is you got to mitigate the negatives. And I think the Lakers can do that with him as far as, are there areas of his game that I think the Lakers can uh, help extrapolate for him? um. I don't expect him to be a jump shooter. He tries it every now and then. I would really hope people don't expect that. Um the one thing the one <laughs> I thing I not, do dude. like out of him which is kind of like a weird thing to appreciate. He is not shy about taking late shot clock into the quarter threes. He's he's <laughs> the chucker and I appreciate that. <laughs> That's great. I, I do I, too. I rob. I really appreciate that. He's not shy about that. I always like that about him. He just be like, hey man, I'm I'm doing it, you know. Um, <laughs> the other area though, is I think honestly, there is passing with him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you have to make him want to do it. And I think if they just stuck guys in the corner and ran middle pick and roll with him and Dennis or him and LeBron, there is a chance where if they if they tell him you got to be unselfish. I think it could be even deadlier than it would be if he didn't make those passes.
0: Nice. Cool. I like that. I do.
1: <laughs> Did I make you feel better? <laughs> A little bit.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I do. I do appreciate that because yeah, but I, I do not expect you to have listened to the last podcast that I was, oh, that I was on. I, it. It was just, yeah, I was, it was literally the only real positive was, like, I, I've never really liked Trez, like, da- dating even back to, like, Louisville. Never really been the biggest fan of him. Um, But, like, the, the biggest thing that made me feel better about the signing, as I said before the podcast, was, was
1: <laughs> when <laughs>
0: Tristan Thompson signed that mid-level, the same exact deal. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel better about this now.
2: So, I mean, that's that the was... going
1: rate for a helpful big now.
2: Which yeah, is, I guess which so. Plumley just... got the same thing. Leonard got the same thing. It was just a bunch of na- a yeah. bunch of mid levels for for bigs. After after the last pod, I really wanted to get a, uh, get Justin on because I wanted some context from the other side to make him feel a little better. So yes, you yes. Have succeeded and, in that. Justin and you, and you did.
0: Um, we're going to talk about a, a little bit about the Clippers off season. Um, and we have, we have several things to talk about but the the one thing that i want to I, I saw this um and i want to i want to see what you think um i do not remember who who tweeted this out but they said whoever signs trez whoever signs who whoever signs aaron baines they're all going to be disappointed do you huh. do you think you agree with that or do you do you think that's not right?
1: I think I'm at the point where I could see it. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not that I disagree with it. I just, I have an alternate view of it. Um, yeah. But I could see it happening. I could see where all three teams are just like, man, we did not get what we signed up for. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's the NBA. I mean, especially in such a truncated timetable. I mean, free agency was what? 10 days ago? <laughs> Started 10 days yeah. ago, right? It's yeah, like,
0: something like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and you know, training camp's about to be here, and it's like, man, like th- this is a short period of time to get everyone integrated, and so I could see that. I could see that happening. Um, there are things with Ibaka that I am a little bit like hesitant on, but I think the overall um, meat and potatoes kind of sold me on him more than anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ibaka was the guy that I really wanted, but obviously we essentially just kind of flipped who I thought was going where. So no biggie. (laughs) So, all right, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk more, more Clippers. Usually, even though we're, we're a Lakers podcast, we do want to hear about, you know, the cross the hall rivals, because no matter, no matter what anyone says, this is still, in my opinion, like the big matchup, you know, even though we, we, you know, we said that, you know, it was like a foregone conclusion last year. Maybe mm-hmm. this year people will just kind of continue that feeling. So I want to kind of talk with you about, about the Clippers. First things first, doc is no longer there. Ty Lou is Ty Lou for what, like all of 30 minutes, we could have swore he was going to be the next Lakers coach. Um, <laughs> And then yeah, you know, in Vegas with the Lakers cake. The cake, and, yeah, man. Dude, that and, was a
1: year and a half ago. Time has yeah. time Jesus has Christ. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last last summer, man. It was crazy. Um, so I like I like the hiring because I think Lou is I think Lou, if this makes any sense, is more modern with it and is more willing to adjust to shit, while Doc is just kind of who he is at this point i mean maybe maybe that's just my laker fan fandom talking right there um but i when when he signed to be an assistant coach with the clippers i was like you son of a bitch like really that you you instead of going to the, to the lakers you went to the to the cross the hall rival and just it kind of felt almost inevitable once once he was there that yeah this guy might be taking over at least from from my perspective because i've i've you know you and i have been following each other now for a couple years so i i've seen you talk about well i mean there's been whispers of doc leaving so um i thought that was kind of it you know kind of showing like this is really going to happen um what do you did you like the hiring did you would you have preferred someone else or
1: or what what about it so it's really funny. The guy that I Great. was kind of like, wow, I wouldn't mind seeing him be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. It's now the Clippers associate head coach, Dan Craig from Miami. Oh, So interesting. yeah, it's really weird. Um, I did at the end of the day, when I started looking look at the candidates, I did prefer Ty Lou though. Like Ty Lou was my number one guy. Dan Craig was number two. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty, and you're not wrong about this. He's much more modern than Doc is. Um, when I wrote about how when the Clippers hired Ty Lu, I, I explicitly wrote, if you go back and watch those Cleveland teams, and even just look at the data and go back and watch the footage, those teams believed in shooting a ton of threes yep. and not taking bad shots. They didn't like mid-range shots. Um, Doc's preferred style, and he never he's a this isn't breaking news, so I'm not, like, breaking news here. Doc's a stubborn guy. You know, I mean, any, any coach has been... <laughs> what? Any, well, think about it. I mean, he's been in the league 20 years. That guy's forgot more basketball than we'll ever learn. So, yeah. you know, I get it. I get it. I get the stubbornness. You know, we all get there at a certain point. And his style was, you know, he had his pet plays. You know, he had the pistol. He had floppy action. He had all this stuff. But when... You know, when it came down to it, he never prioritized getting the best shots. And in the Denver series, and this is what's funny about them actually blowing the Denver series. If you go back and watch that Denver series, the last three games, just the second halves, they had a ton of wide open threes that they just missed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he got, and I was part of it. I was scapegoating him but the team just needed to make their open threes. And then he's probably okay. Although it was reported and that, you know, short of the finals appearance, he might've just been gone regardless. Um, the thing with doc that I'll always say is I don't think the Clippers could have had a better person as their head coach, but I think they could have always had a better head coach. Mm-hmm. And I, entirely- I
0: totally agree with that. W- yeah, doc, with, uh, Doc's Sarah an incredible
1: person. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really think about it, like, that's a guy who, if he wasn't coach, he would be a spokesperson somewhere. So, you know, like, I always appreciate what Doc did. Like, Doc really legitimized the team and the organization. And I'll never be able to thank him enough for that. But it was time. It was time to move yeah. on. Ty lose more modern. Um, I think Ty can connect to players more and just better. 100%. That was he, my he... big
2: thing with Doc. He He didn't seem to really... The players that him never really seem to fully get along. Uh, and Ty is a is a guy that uh, he was in the NBA most recently than Doc. And, you know, LeBron is good friends with him and all that kind of stuff. He's a guy that connects a lot better with those kind of star players, I feel. Yeah. I, I think mean, he, even,
0: he was even able to tell LeBron to shut the fuck up. I've got this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Doc's a guy who... Um, Comes from the train of thought, and this is not a wrong train of thought. This does work in life, Mm -hmm. of just let them figure it out. They're grown; they'll figure it out. And it didn't work, Mm -hmm. and it hasn't worked a couple times. With Ty, I feel like Ty is a no. This is what we're going to do, and that's how it's going to be done, and that's what this team needs. They don't need they don't need the leash to be lengthened. They need it to be shortened. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I agree. I think. While I think I probably have like Nick Nurse higher rated, I think, you know, being able to, to like based off of schemes and everything, I think that Lou is definitely a guy that, as you said, is going to be able to uh, shorten that leash more. His, for, his sets for are crazy. All of crazy. Yeah, I've yeah, I've I, been
1: watching so much stuff. And I'm just like, dude, like this is some wild stuff, man. I've yeah. never it blew my mind doing the video dive on Ty Lue stuff that a head coach actually allowed second side action to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, it was crazy. I was it, it I was, was a big really... reason why
2: I wanted Lou and Vogel. I thought what, yeah. when it, oh, it, 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 it sounded like it was gonna be Lou and then Vogel was gonna be the associate head coach. Mm. That's why that's why I thought it was such a perfect match by the way yeah. all, what, a, what yeah. a funny
1: title for someone associate head coach yeah,
2: yeah. So it's like <laughs> yeah you
1: don't have you don't have the actual job but you can it's like assistant to the regional manager <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i i like that that's funny um so with losing trez and adding a baka what do you how do you think that changes? The uh, the Clippers. I obviously that provides a little bit more spacing. Um, The defense Ibaka Ibaka, the past few years, other than like the year that they won the finals. So like three of the last four years, he's been a really good three point shooter. Um, Obviously the defense is is better, even though like Ibaka's losing a step. Um, he just you know he's a former defensive player of the year guy, so he he still knows his stuff. how do you think how do you think Abaca is going to impact that team?
1: So the one thing I've been trying to like bash into people's heads that follow the Clippers is, is if you're expecting 25-year-old Serge Abaca, please no. like no. lower your expectations. Yeah, no. Like yes. he's yeah. he's not 25 anymore. He's not the athletic Marvel that he once was. I think what happened with Serge is when he lost, and he still does have some athleticism. I don't want to sit here and like be like, yeah. oh, he's not that athletic anymore. But yeah. he's not. Like He lost some of the athleticism. But I think what he did is he replaced the athleticism or some of it with a higher understanding of basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yep. he has this innate ability to see things, which the Clippers needed. And they needed a floor spacing big. They needed a rim protecting big uh, to, to play when Zubats was – uh, you know, on the bench, and they needed someone who had a chemistry style that would fit. And obviously, we all saw Kawhi and Ibaka in Toronto. And there was a thing today um, on Sirius Radio about how, like, Kawhi, like that was Kawhi's guy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. I mean, important. Kawhi,
0: Kawhi, ate bull penis for him. So I, mean, I was going to say the same like,
2: thing.
1: <laughs> just, I'd be less. <laughs> you know, and I don't have a title to show for it, so <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, it's funny, like, the, you are right over there. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> um, with Ibaka, yeah, like, you're dying over there. I'm, I just I'm don't buying. want Ibaka to be defending on the perimeter that much. I think mm. he can do it as long as it's not like smaller guards or you know, even just peer guards. Um, I think he needs to be rooted near the rim, mm-hmm. and that just needs to be his job. What I am excited about, and I probably shouldn't be, because I doubt we ever see it. Although Ty Lu, bless his heart, is a lot more willing to experiment than Doc Rivers was. I'm hoping just for a little snippet of Ibaka Zubot's minutes. Um, while I don't oh, think man. Ibaka can defend the perimeter that well anymore. I feel like it could be pretty crazy to still have Zubat on the back line and allow him to look like kind of, you know, smother people. Safe, and yeah. yeah, like there is a lineup in my mind where we could see Beverly George, Leonard Ibaka, Zubats. And it's like, oh my God, like that's amazing, mm-hmm. especially defensively, obviously. And it's like, I don't know if we're going to see it, but I hope we do. I mean, there were lineups last year I wanted to see and I never saw them. So I don't know.
2: Ty Liu's a guy who. Uh... Played LeBron at the five a lot uh, in the finals for for the Cavs, so that yeah. that's definitely something I can I can see him experimenting that with that for sure.
0: From a head uh,
2: coach can adjust. <laughs> I know it's unheard of. Uh, when it comes to Lakers Clippers, uh, how do you feel about Ibaka as the primary uh, AD defender?
1: I mean, this is where I don't want to talk about. Well, if you just look at their you know their height weight you know mm-hmm. wingspan, like they're very similar um but they are and mm-hmm. i think that is the go-to for the clippers it's just i don't think ibaka has the foot speed anymore to yeah
2: that's the big thing with me with him yeah, I mean,
1: he can do it mm-hmm. in the sense of like like he can just take the time you know and soak up the minutes and you know at least be somewhat of a deterrence but like it, it, the thing with guys like AD and LeBron and Kawhi and PG, it's a team effort. It's never, mm-hmm. it's never one or two defenders. It's it's a, it's a machination of all these, you know, all these guys locked in together. So, I don't think Ibaka could be like a quote unquote AD stopper, but mm-hmm. I don't think he has to be. I think the team has to be.
2: That's that's fair. Fair enough on that. It, 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 compared to what it could have been in the. Last year, this last season, if they play him in the playoffs, it's definitely a lot harder to to put someone else out there. Even with a guy like Jermichael Green, who was a good defender, it's a lot it's a lot easier to have Ibaka out there than Trez and Jermichael Green to team defense against AD. That's for sure.
1: One of the one of the weirdest Clippers Lakers things from last season was somehow Patrick Patterson could defend Anthony Davis.
2: Yeah, AD, th- that was what made it those those games against the Clippers, at least the first two, super frustrating because AD would take a lot of contested mid-range post-jumpers and he wouldn't just attack off the dribble or they wouldn't run pick and roll with him and have him as the role man or really anything with him on the move. That's what made it so frustrating. And like I said, Patrick Patterson was out there and he couldn't move Patrick Patterson for whatever reason. And that was so frustrating not seeing Ad just attack the rim and just take eighteen foot jumpers. And I mean, I know he was great at it in the in the the playoffs and all of that, but even those shots were different than the ones he was taking against the Clippers in those first two games.
1: Speaking of Anthony Davis's jump shooting in the bubble, it's it's kind of made me a little bit excited for the upcoming season. Because I want to see how much of stuff like that. It's not just him. Like Marcus Morris was ridiculous from three. Sergi Baca was ridiculous from three. You know, plenty of guys had insane runs in the bubble. And I'm kind of just at the point where it's like, how much of that was real? And how much of that was just the setting? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to see that with this upcoming season. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a season for sure.
0: Yeah. That, (laughs) that shoot that the shooting in the bubble. I, I think it ended up like starting to come back down to earth. But I remember a couple people pointing out like, I mean, and it was it was talked about like on ESPN and everything about how like the depth perception of it all changed and it helped a lot of players. But then I think it hurt some players, you know, like Danny Green, where mm-hmm. I do not think that setting helped him at all um, in regards to his shooting. So I I definitely agree. That's gonna be interesting. One random thing I'm I went on the on the, the Clippers roster page on their, on their site, which I mean, like Jamichael
2: Green left, right? Correct. The NBA roster stuff is really weird because they, yeah. they still have Luke Walton and his staff for the Lakers as coaching. Oh, oh, fun. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, never, yeah, I mean, it never is, trust is... the
1: official sites. Seriously.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: for sure. I was, I was just kind of more thinking of, of Ibaka working with like a Cabin Gailey I mm-hmm. thought that would kind of be interesting um, cuz Kevin Gailey is, you know, a uh, athletic long dude. That's that's bouncy kind of like Serge was when he was younger. Now not quite the same. And some shooting um, and some shooting upside. And some the, and some younger. shooting potential. So I think that would be kind of a good little role model for him. And then also uh the guy that you guys drafted at 36 or was it
1: 33?
0: Thir- 33. Yes. Um, Daniel Laturo, uh, the, the big man from, uh, Minnesota. I know in a lot of workout videos, he was trying to spread the floor more. Um, I don't know if that's really his game. Um, but you know, long bouncy athlete dude would be definitely interesting with, uh, surge. Um, that's just kind of me always thinking of, you know, trying to, when you're trying to go for titles, still trying to develop, guys you know Mm -hmm. even though isn't Kevin Gailey like surprisingly old so the thing with him
1: so the thing with Fiondo Kevin Gailey is he's already 23 um Yeah, yeah yeah but he did not start playing basketball I believe until he was like 17
2: oh wow interesting
1: um, and he is Dikembe Mutombo's nephew. Nephew, so, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, quote-unquote, basketball's in his blood. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he's only been playing for a handful of years. Um, I like him. I don't know how much he actually plays this upcoming season. No, I mean, probably yeah, he, not much. If you look at his G League numbers, it was very weird because like he shot like 33% from three on like high volume per game. They really liked him. They only really liked him rim running or shooting threes. But I believe like over like the last half of the season he shot like 42% or something. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. Uh don't quote me on that though. I know I know he shot better is I guess the overall point I'm trying to make. But um yeah. he, he has al- he has an interesting skill set. I don't know if I consider him a four mm-hmm. but also that like that's what has me excited for Ty Lu. Like he, that guy might get a chance. That he did not have with Doc Rivers,
0: yeah, and oh, yeah, kind of thinking about it, you know, like if Serge is playing more four than he has five, and Kevin Gailey is a five, or you know, it's like the you have Zubots obviously starting, former Laker legend, but then it's your only other big men are Serge, and then I guess Joe unless
2: Patterson. like
1: Patterson, oh,
0: Patterson, Patterson. yeah, I forgot, and I really and they
2: that. I know last year, and this is a dog thing, but I know they played M- M- Morris a little bit at the five. Uh, that could be something that they could explore as well. I don't know if that's something Sweet, you really, you really, you really, you really want to use that much, but that is something I know that the Clippers used last year.
1: So that actually frustrated me that in the Dallas series, they went to that and it it was amazing. It It worked. Mm-hmm. Morris at the five worked. And then they never ran it in the Denver series. I think they got like two minutes in the Denver series and they I understand were probably
2: scared of Jokic on that. Well, part, I was yeah, saying. I
1: understand that, but it's like you were willing to run it against Dallas at times when even Boban was out there, but you're not willing to run it against Mason Plumlee. Like, right, yeah, right. like what's the point? Mm-hmm. And that's what, for. that was, that's, one of the other frustrating things, which I can go on for hours about with <laughs> that the decisions that Doc made, but, you know, they are, I guess, devoid of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just well-known good big men. just
2: Established big Thank you. you. Yeah, I yeah. don't
1: know how I missed that word. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so it's Zubats and Ibaka, and then you're really kind of just like, well, maybe Patrick Patterson some nights. Maybe Fionn Kevin Gailey on this night. I don't know. Um, I don't think they're gonna keep Joe Kim Noah. They are he's on a non-guaranteed deal. I think they're just gonna end up just cutting bait and just saving some of the space because they're like right up against the apron. They need they can they can't go over it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just gonna be interesting. I am a little bit skeptical of like not skeptical. I'm worried, I guess I should say. What happens if Zubots gets an injury or has COVID complications because he did have COVID before the bubble? What yeah. if surge you know something happens to surge? you know he's not always the healthiest guy mm-hmm. um, then you're kind of just and God forbid they both go out at the same time right and you know but that's, I like the idea of
0: the are with they they have like mark. And obviously they have AD and Trez is you know like that four or five you know guy. But then after that it's just kind of like
1: no don't one. get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they, hurt, they
0: if if they're if they're not playing Trez at the five, they literally only have one five on the roster. And Mark, other than that, like everyone else is like fours.
2: You so. can maybe go because the Lakers ran this some in the playoffs too with Keith. But I don't really know if you yeah. want to use that into the playoffs
0: yeah no for sure and like you you could do that i mean kind of mm-hmm. like how the clippers use pat 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 as as you know a you know small ball five and whatnot mm-hmm. so like there are guys but I, the parallels of it is really interesting yeah in my for opinion sure and on, on that like both of them could both be like It kind of some, you know, fans of both teams were kind of like, well, we want Batum. Well, no, we want Batum. So um, (laughs) I guess that would actually be a a good thing to talk about Batum with with the Clippers not really having that point guard that is kind of, you know, like a a offensive fulcrum of, you know, you know what I'm saying of where like he's not a a quote unquote four general. You know, Mm -hmm. there was obviously the Rondo talk. Um, for a little while, but like Reggie Jackson is a free agent. I don't really see them taking him <laughs> on again. Um, Lou Williams I felt bad is...
1: for, real quick. I felt bad for Reggie because I crapped on him a lot in the postseason. but also yeah. I do want to say this with Reggie. Reggie hit some big shots um, yeah. in the Dallas series. While I was clearly frustrated that he, you know, was in the overtime defensive possession against Luca. He shot <laughs> yeah. really well from three. Like if you go back and look at that Dallas series, he shot fifty seven percent from three, wow, on nearly five know. attempts a game. That's ridiculous. I I love catch and shoot, Reggie Jackson. Absolutely adore him, mm-hmm. Just and he don't was let tarant- him do anything else. Absolutely, and <laughs> I liked him before the bubble. When he was on the Clippers before they went into the bubble, he was really good. He was efficient. He was playing really smart, really calculated. And then the bubble came, and then Pat uh, Pat Bev's injury happened. Mm -hmm. And then he got unfairly thrown into the fire. Like, Hey man, we're going to need you to play like 27 minutes a night. And he can't do it anymore. And you know, one of the reasons they beat Dallas is because they stopped starting him Mm -hmm. and they went and they went to Landry Shamit. And so I want to say this about Reggie. Like, like while I was frustrated with Reggie Jackson, he did do several good things that I wish people would actually recognize. Mm -hmm.
2: For sure. For sure. Just
1: please don't defend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he just he couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually a yeah. guy that
2: I've looked at a couple different times as like a last roster spot for the Lakers. And mm-hmm. Lakers have a decent amount of guard defenders. So if there comes a the time where the, he needs to play it, it, would be easy to pair him with like a Caruso or a KCP. Just and like you said, not not having him defend major major players and major points of the game like he was against the, the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah, just don't yeah. let him do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And don't then let him always-
2: switch on Red to Reggie or onto Luka Doncic. Oh God. <laughs> and then
0: with with Pat Bev, he's I mean he's more of a defender, you know, catch and shoot type of guy, you know, spot up guy. And then you know Lou is more of a two and a one's body. I mean, I don't know what they. I think they like Terrence Mann, but he's not ready for that either. So. How how do you think is it's they're gonna go about it? I before you got on, merge and I were talking about how like you know Kawhi isn't really a guy who you just yeah, you give him the ball in the in the big moments, but he's not the guy who's really running the offense. He's kind of more of that finisher, kind of how I've said the Lakers uh should kind of look more at with AD of where he can be the fulcrum at times, but really you should just use him as the elite finisher that he is. Paul George again can handle the ball, but he's not a floor general. Like you don't want him at the you know at above the break and you know run and sets and everything like that. Luke Kennard, who is you know kind of a, another secondary ball handler, what do you like? All all that goes to like, do you see like Batum as kind of that guy or do you see, I mean, even though that's not really him either, or like, do you see like potential moves going on with that? So I guess that kind of goes into like twofold of the, the Batum signing of the playmaking that he has, you know, been able to do over his career and then like potential move or, you know, if they address that. I mean, there was even hilariously um some Russell Westbrook talk.
2: Let's do it. For, oh
0: for like God. a for like a quick <laughs> minute. And then there was then there was even more confounding to me of a return of Chris Paul. Um so I I I don't know what type of like you know kind of going all of that like a potential move and Batum signing and like how does he help with that as well and everything.
1: So I can tell you that the Chris Paul stuff was real. That's just um, crazy to me. It's not that crazy. Um As I've been told, his wife, whose name escapes me right now, and I feel really awful about that. I cannot remember her name right now. Oh, uh, okay. I don't.
0: Back. I don't remember LeBron's wife's name. So Savannah.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know CP3's wife's name either. I don't know for sure.
1: Oh, Jada. That's right. His Jada. wife's name is Jada. Yeah. Um, and and that wasn't just her. His family wanted him back in L.A. Um, they never moved from L.A., from what I have been told. Um, yeah. So, like, when he it got was... traded to Houston, he, his family just stayed in L.A. <laughs> um, which is not, I mean, it's, I mean, look, if I was making that much money, I'd probably live wherever the hell I want and just commute, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, um, but so they, they wanted him closer to home, and that's why Phoenix also makes sense like it's you know, it's mm-hmm. an hour plane flight, like it's not that big of a deal, yeah. yeah. Um, but the talk for the Clippers was real. Uh, Steve Ballmer still loves him, Chris Paul and Steve Ballmer are still very cordial. Um, they, st- if you ever see them before and after uh Clipper games when Chris Paul would come play against them they would always be talking before the game on the court and after the game like so it's not like it's not the blake griffin situation where there's animosity right like blake okay blake loathes the organization for the most part which is sad
0: it is really sad it is
1: sad it it happens but it's sad um chris still adores a lot of the people in the front office like he still talks to them still friends with them i know he's still friends with chauncey so, mm-hmm. you know, there's always stuff like that. Um, but I do know that the Chris stuff was real. The Westbrook stuff never made sense. That was just <laughs> Yeah. It was always like why. Um, especially like when you see when you see the trade package you're like why would the Clippers give up all this?
2: Yeah, it was like yeah. have... Uh... I mean, it was
0: it was literally all salaries. Yeah. Like that's what it was. It was literally all salaries. It made that one made no sense. I mean, the for Chris Paul, I guess that does make sense with the LA connection cuz I mean, there was plenty of talk of of the, uh, Lakers, the Lakers, of Lakers yeah. also being interested in it, but that package—it's it's just was, impossible, was really. Yeah. that much money, yeah. yeah so it and, like they would have signed KCP is. to a crazy big sign right. and trade. Um But yeah,
1: is hey man, there, is there for the other guys? Go, go enjoy OKC, <laughs> right?
2: Here's twenty six right? million dollars to enjoy OKC. What <laughs> <laughs> it would have had to been too, man. It was just
0: crazy.
1: Um, As far as like the Batum stuff goes, I'm very skeptical on him. I just I cannot believe I did it to myself. Last <laughs> night, I promised myself I wouldn't do this because I'd seen his footage and I promised myself I wouldn't do it. I told myself I wasn't going to watch it again and watch Batum minutes from last season. And I did it and I hated myself for it.
0: <laughs> um, he was, he was
2: he, not good last season. He was really was bad, bad last year. It yeah. was
1: bad. But, and then I started seeing stuff where defensively i still like him just not against guards like Mm -hmm. like if he's if he's playing against like true wings like there's footage of him the last game he played was in paris when the oh yeah when the hornets played the the bucks that was the last game he played and he got matched up with chris middleton and i thought from the footage i watched i thought he did well Mm -hmm. But then I would go watch footage of him against like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, you know, these guards. And I'm just like, this is not going well for him. I'm Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't look great. So he, he is a, he's still a wing. He doesn't guard guards as well as he did in the past. And I don't know about his three point shot. I mean, it was so bad last year. And then I had to remind myself, well, he had hand issues. So maybe that played a factor. Mm -hmm. But yeah. then I, but then you look back like two years ago, he shot thirty nine percent from three. But even that's an aberration, because the five years before that he was at thirty four percent. So like I don't know. Like it sounds weird to say about a guy who I think now is thirty two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he is.
2: Yeah, and that's no, I, scary. He's I definitely totally, not the poor totally agree. Swiss Army that he used to be. Obviously, no, that's yeah, he was. Absolutely. That's what he was. He was pretty yeah. much like a. Like a wing, Draymond Green for that point. Yeah, he Passed killed the
1: Clippers every time.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was a fantasy basketball legend. That yeah. guy. Well,
0: one thing I'll <laughs> say about about Batum signing with Clippers is I well I understood Lakers fans wanting him. I think he was he was a bigger signing for the Clippers than he would have been if for the Lakers. If that makes sense, because of his ability to play make for others, which is important, obviously. Um
1: Oh yeah, I didn't even get into the into the point guard thing. I'm sorry about that.
0: No, you're you're good. You're good. Um, it's just yeah. I mean, with with the Lakers, they have at this point they have so many guys that can can you know handle the ball or you know be that secondary ball handler and hit guys you know for maybe not necessarily running sets, but and because really are going to be doing that with LeBron and Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you, you do have other guys that can play make to an extent. So, um, it would have just been kind of, you know, the, the cherry on top of, you know, a Sunday full of cherries on it already. So <laughs> it would have kind of been a little bit lost in the shuffle while well, I think for the Clippers, it, it, you know, you kind of, well, well, Kawhi can pass. He's not the best passer in the world, obviously. Um, Paul George can pass, but. Again, as I said earlier, he's not running sets at the top. Um, nowadays, I just kind of view Marcus as just like a scorer. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, you're not that. Yeah, high. I think I think just yeah, just you know, and I think Luke can play. Luke Kennard can play make quite a bit, and I don't think people recognize that as much as they should. Um, but yeah, I think that's def. It was definitely more beneficial for the Clippers to get him
2: than say like the Lakers. So.
1: So interesting I interesting uh, me... Sorry, sorry go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 no you're no.
2: fine. Uh, oh, uh, I think Luke is a bigger person that can impact the playmaking than tomb, Personally, I think he's a I he's agree. a bigger guy to put into that role than uh, Nick Batum. That that's yeah. I, 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 I'm super. That's why I'm, I really liked the trade that, he, that they did for him, and I think he's gonna bring a lot if the knee stuff is uh is fine, which you know we never know for sure. But if he's if he's healthy, he's gonna be a really solid addition for them.
1: So the thing that I think the Clippers went for is rather than getting like the true quote unquote ball dominant point guard was to increase the amount of actual playmakers they had and allow them in a system, which loose system will do this with so much movement that it, it, the ball doesn't need to get stuck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's the point of having one primary playmaker when we could have four or five guys who can pass well enough mm-hmm. to get us into what we need, um, I was very impressed with. It's funny because it, right before last season began, I did this massive piece about how I think Kawhi Leonard is a playmaker that just hasn't been unlocked yet, and mm-hmm. he was a very good playmaker for the Clippers last year. Um, yeah. I think what happened in the postseason is they kind of like reverted back to the we're just going to play iso and that's fine Mm -hmm. and you can do that like obviously the best players in the world do that lebron does it Kawhi does it everyone does it you know harden exclusively does it to some degree (laughs) and he's he's the best one-on-one player i've ever seen in my life yeah james Harden. like i got to give that dude props i know a lot of i know his play style grinds on a lot of people but that man man, if there is ever a guy that you want to build to score a bucket that's probably the guy so, um, but as far as with the Clippers, it's, let's get a bunch of these playmakers. Let's swap out Shamit for an actual better playmaker who is the same level of shooter, but can do all, like, Luke Kennard can pass left and right-handed equally well.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he's
1: a naturally right-handed guy, but shoots left-handed, which I find fascinating. Yeah, um, I he definitely,
0: that. He is definitely a very interesting guy. I mean, Mr. Basketball and in uh, his state as well out Listen, of high school.
1: You have to be good at basketball in the state of Ohio if to surpass LeBron James in points scored.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You have to be pretty
0: good Yeah, there. I, I forgot it was Ohio. For some reason I was going to say North Carolina, but yep, Ohio. That's just he, – he's a guy that has always been overlooked in – in the
2: NBA, in my opinion. Well, he was in Detroit, Detroit. which is like, no yeah, one ever Graham thinks Mates. about the, the Detroit Pistons. Which is a shame. Which is
1: a shame, because they do have some solid, like, Bruce Brown's a good player. Oh, he, he's well, a net now. He, he's
2: a net Well, now,
1: yeah, so. I just, I'm, and that's the other thing, like, these bad teams, <laughs> like, good players yeah. go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they got our guy Svi Makieluk too, who I'm still really high on as a as a wing who can shoot and play make a little. I'm a fan of Demboya. I think the boy is a solid prospect. They had Christian Wood in their on their bench for
0: they they had Christian Wood and then they they drafted Isaiah Stewart and then signed what like three bigs. Just
2: like what are you deal and Mason and Grant and the as
1: weird as the Mason Plumley signing was. Jaleel Okafor made no sense to me.
0: No. None. <laughs> I I have said since the moment that there was a rumor of the Lakers taking him at two back in the day, I that he was not going to be a good NBA player, and I didn't like his game. I me mean, neither. I I was just like this dude. If, if he we was born like 20 90s, years ago, yeah. Yes. <laughs> if he was back in the nineties, you're looking at a Hall of Famer, a He's a Hall of Famer. But I mean, now, like, yeah. he just he he's he's a no one. I mean, he's a complete nut or bust, obviously. So like one of the worst I, defenders I've literally ever watched for a big man. And the only yeah,
1: reason I, he keeps getting chances is because of where he was picked. Yeah. yeah. Number,
0: number three. Yeah. No, I believe me, man. I know the, 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 I remember one of the happiest moments of being a Laker <laughs> fan was when they drafted D'Angelo Russell instead of him. I was, I like jumped up out of my, out of my chair. And I'm just like, go go for and my wife was like what in the world are you yelling about i'm like they didn't take the shitty player and she was just like oh my gosh i i can't help it i've i i still i there's still some people on nba twitter that are like he could he could definitely run a bench unit i'm like the fuck he can no way man remember how much people talked
2: about his hands Oh my gosh! Remember those yeah. pictures? You could you could fit like fifteen
0: tennis balls in his hand. Who cares? Who cares? He can't do it. <laughs> can anything he play? The, can he the move? The his feet? What about his feet? Like, oh yeah, man. My <laughs> goodness, that dude. Oh, I. Yeah, I just I. That was that was just a moment of exhalation of just like we didn't take Jaleel Okafor. Thank God. Yeah. How, how did we even get on? <laughs>
2: There's there's, there's we talked oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about
0: Luke yeah. Kennard and then we talked about Detroit. We're talking about Luke Kennard
1: and then Detroit just being
0: like ridiculous. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: and then they made us remember that Jaleel Okafor exists to play basketball. Didn't he <laughs> punch we, out a fan?
2: Not a fan. Wasn't that I, when, I remember, Yeah, he... it was like
0: it was like in the streets of
2: Boston or something. Oh wasn't right! It? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I remember man. when the when the Lakers didn't draft him. He apparently like <laughs> fucked up a room or something. Like I don't remember what it was. Like he the the yeah. Lakers drafted D'Angelo and then the Sixers oh. drafted Okafor, and then people yeah. just heard like loud noises in a room after yeah. that. <laughs> I I remember I remember
0: um before that and. I would listen to podcasts after podcast before getting into all this. And just everyone was like, "Jaleel's going to be the pick. And I'm just like, damn it, damn it, damn it. Well, then um, yeah, the last couple of days, it came yeah, out D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo tore up their the workout that they had for him. And then Jaleel could not beat like a division two guy in one on ones. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, when when I heard that, I was like, if they pick him, I swear to God, I am not going to watch basketball for like another 10 years. And and <laughs> they they did it Thankfully,
1: hey, and everything's been great since then. Yeah. I want to say look, I mean, look at the okay Lakers not but... drafting
2: Jaleel Okafor. Yeah, yeah. There there was
0: still some very people rough people give LeBron right and there.
2: people give LeBron and Rob polinka credit for this Laker team. I give it to Jaleel Okafor. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. to, to to Mitch Kupchak
0: for not drafting Jaleel Okafor.
1: See, it could have been a you lot worse. Not, you
0: would have not had any. Anyone to to trade for um Brooklyn. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. And wasn't he on that team? Wasn't Okafor on that yes. Brooklyn team? The, they picked Oh him God, up. you're I think you're right. Oh my he, god.
2: He was a free agent, like he got cut or something or waved, and then the Nets picked him up and while when D'Angelo was ready on the team. Ooh, oh man. The, I just remember I laughing remember that now. and laughing oh. and laughing at that. Because I was That's one of those so guys loud. that was yeah. so Anti Jaleel and so very pro D'Angelo. I was so happy when it happened.
1: I loved anyway. D'Angelo in the draft process. Yeah. Loved him.
2: Yeah, yeah. I love D'Lo as well. It, it makes me think yeah. what hap- What would happen he's, if he if he had legit vets and not Nick Young and Lou Williams as
1: his vets. <laughs> Probably a different career. Probably a different yeah. career.
2: If, if, just, if he had like Jared Dudley at probably. the beginning of his career instead of in the middle when he went to the Nets, it's
1: so. just weird to think about. And I know we're way off yeah. topic in our off. Of this, but <laughs> um, it's weird to think about though. Like w- whenever we discuss draft prospects, we never take into consideration what teams could like pick them up in the draft and then what vets they'll be around like is it a good atmosphere like we we focus so much on their individual skills and their talents which obviously we should Hmm. but there's so much more to it there's the right system there's the right head coach there's the right player development staff the right veterans in the locker room like it's not it's never just one thing
2: okay there's a reason why i didn't want like lamello ball on the knicks because i knew the knicks would destroy him i knew they would if he yeah. if he went to if he went to new york so going yeah, to charlotte was, is probably, is probably uh, a lot better than that
0: yeah a lot of i mean kind of like why why i i question like james wiseman to the warriors while i think that's a good Set up for him. I still just don't know. Like, they haven't really been able, other than obviously they were incredible in developing uh, Steph and Clay and Draymond, but they have like not been able to develop literally anyone since. Ever
1: since Harrison. So Barnes, I'm just
2: really.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about Barnes, but I mean, boy, yeah, I mean,
1: that's, that's understandable that you would I, forget about him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Is,
1: oh, he, he's a king, right? He's in Sacramento. He's
0: a king now. Oh, my he's God. Exactly. that's, really, yeah. that's yeah. what you so,
1: tell me, I'll believe it. Okay.
0: Yeah, he. Yeah, I remember he said that he was not shaving his beard until like they got into the playoffs. I'm like, you must be looking like at <laughs> Moses now.
1: Um, James
0: Harden
2: has company. But, yeah, he has company oh
0: yeah, but it, was, but it was patchy and everything, so it was like it was like my beard, so it was terrible. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was yeah. Oh, but how did we get here, yeah, man? I just, it, that that's. It, we took a long, windy road, and
2: and now we're back. I'm, as, I'm excited for the
1: season. I'm excited mm-hmm. for the season for the Clippers and also for the Lakers. Like, it, just as a basketball fan, like, and I felt this way last year too. Like, the basketball in Los Angeles is going to be so good oh, yeah. that even if you're not a fan of the other team, you should want to watch their games just to see how they play. Mm-hmm. like I, like people would always tweet at me and be like well why do you watch laker games if you know if you're a clippers guy it's like well first of all i watch as much as i can of anybody and mm-hmm. secondly like it's the it's a local team so i get to watch their games for the most part so of course oh. i'm gonna sit down and watch them
2: and also hey they might have the greatest player of all time on their roster you might want to watch i, that cannot,
1: I <laughs> cannot believe you feel that way about jared dudley oh yeah (laughs) exactly i can't imagine jared dudley yeah i cannot stand jared dudley but i recognize his value (laughs)
0: former (laughs) former clipper great right there he has me blocked Uh, on twitter
1: he has me blocked on twitter which i know he blocked a lot of people on twitter but he has me blocked in that year that he was with the clippers i swear to you I got blocked despite actually being supportive of him because he played through knee tendinitis.
0: Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. That's, I so. I've,
0: I've I've been blocked by Lou Williams. Oh, so have um, I. Tyler I've been, Ennis. I would by blocked by Tyler Ennis. Um <laughs> what? I've been, I've been I've been blocked hey, by there a- was a good
2: when Tyler Ennis was a Laker that I think it was his last year, he blocked maybe half of Lakers Twitter. Oh god. It was the man. funniest the realization ever. So yeah. many people were blocked by by uh, Tyler Ennis and it was hilarious. Yeah, was that the most yeah no one he even played? knew that he had a Twitter, that is the and most then... defense Tyler Ennis has played, a hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, yeah it Kind of go back to
0: what you were saying. I I love, I love how you roped us back in. It's almost like you were the host. Something (laughs) I've I've done this podcasting uh, before. Yeah, but um, how you were talking about like being able to watch the other other team. It's also good for just being able to, you know, like being able to actually know what you're talking about. You know, like I admittedly did not get to watch a lot of basketball last year. You know, with and then. Um, with with like COVID and everything obviously like we got shut down you know around the same time but I like I was having to deal with a whole bunch of other you know administrative issues with with stuff so like that was one thing I wish I could have watched more because like Kawhi is one of even though like he's on you know the crosstown rival or cross hall rival like he's one of my favorite players I've I've watched him since he was at San Diego state. So yeah, it's, it, it's just going to be good. So then like people don't just like talk shit for no reason. You know, if you need to be able to actually, actually know some, so like how some of the negatives I knew about Trez were true, but then, you know, you were able to bring some, some things to light that definitely helped me, help me out with that. So
1: you know what um, it is? I, I don't ever view a player as I mean it's very r a rare exception where I'll just look at a player and only speak negatively about them. Mm. Um so I think it's fair to always talk about what a player does well as well. For sure. Or else you're just not giving them the fair the fair do that they deserve.
2: The only player I've seen you consistently shit talk is Marcus Smart. <laughs> Not, you know,
1: consistent. Dude, through, do you, you want to hear a funny always... thing? Do you want to hear a funny thing? This past season, sure. I think I tweeted out something to the effect of like, I don't even hate Marcus Smart anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually wanted to appreciate Marcus Smart's game. And I feel absolutely crappy for it, but that's where I've progressed in life, is I just sit there and just talk about the positives of Marcus Smart. the The player who has replaced him for me is Russell Westbrook. Oh, which gosh. is funny. Which is funny because I used to be a very big Westbrook person of his first couple years in the league, and then over the last couple, I've just been like, Nah, I'm out.
2: Yeah, it's really just like Derrick Rose is probably one of those players for me. I yeah,
1: Yeah. and and it's mostly for
2: off the court stuff, but
1: yes, he
2: he has his he has his stands are are up there with like LeBron and Kobe have their stand. Derrick Rose stands are like they're alive and they don't shut up. There's some, wild, they, there's
1: some wild fan base. They
2: are there. The wild. Jer- when Jeremy Lin Jeremy was a Laker Lynn, for a yep. year. Some I really had someone on Jeremy Twitter Lynn the other day
1: if the Clippers would look at Jeremy Lin. No man. And I was just like, please no. <laughs> no, no. After
0: after he tore what his Achilles as well. Like he's he has not been. He has not been very good. So
1: that's such a devastating injury.
0: It,
2: it is, which, which, is, by which the way, is why KD is such an interesting thing coming in that season for sure. I'm,
1: I'm honestly worried about this upcoming season. Like, while I am excited and justly so, I am also worried that we could see a rash of injuries and it could be pretty bad. That's, yeah, why NFL, was so NFL. Against, that's why I was NFL.
2: so against the start time in December twenty second. I really wanted. I, w- a, I want a
1: January. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. They were gonna. They were gonna get their money though. That's why I really think that they're gonna have to structure the season where, like, for example, the Lakers, they're gonna have to play like three games before the the beginning of the year instead of like four or five. You know, like I, they're, gonna I, to, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to spread that out.
2: I think the best players are going to be fine when it comes to health, but the people I'm worried the most about are like the middle of the road guys, the the role for players, sure. the guys yeah, like, like that, who, who aren't used to the wear and tear for, of that, like in that time span. So yeah. there might be a lot of like role players and stuff who the, are gonna guys, a lot of injuries, young guys. Like too.
0: Alan talked about on a podcast a few, a few weeks ago. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Agree with that. It's Those just going to be-
1: it could be bad and I hope it's not I'm not wishing for injuries I, I just I just don't want, like I don't want to see them like injuries depress me. I don't care who it is. yeah, no. it just it's just crappy and I, I hate it and you know like I, I look at this upcoming season it's like the thing that's weird too, and I understand why they're gonna do it like this, but they're releasing the schedule in two different parts and <laughs> like so like there's gonna be the first half schedule release in the next couple weeks and I think it's like the next week or so we're gonna get the first mm. half schedule. And then, you know, that's going to run until the All-Star break, which is early March. And then then right around there, they're going to release the second half schedule. And it's like, it's just weird. It's such a deviation of the norm. Like, by now, we're supposed to have the schedule. And we're supposed to know who everyone's playing. And we don't have any of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is... Except for preseason. I mean, we didn't know the some of the free agency intricacies and stuff like that until like a day or two before free agency started. It's like, it's crazy that we're learning all this stuff, like such last minute. It's like, it's like they're, they're writing it as they go, which is, I mean, I hope that's not the case. It probably isn't the case, but it feels that way sometimes.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, that might be what they have to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, the situation might call for it.
1: You can plan for things, but as we've known over this year, what you might plan or what you do plan ain't always how it goes. And you got to be able to roll with the punches. You got to be able to deal with things as they happen. And I think the NBA is trying to, it's just a very tricky road to navigate.
2: I'm just hoping it's nothing like, like the best case scenario, I think is what happened with baseball. I know there's, there's early COVID cases and it kind of knocked out some teams for the first month or so. But after that, there weren't a ton and I'm just hoping it's not like how the NFL is right now. That's the yeah, biggest thing oh like, worrying is the <laughs> yeah, NFL. You know, and the teams are being knocked out every single yeah. week.
0: It's, and, the Titans. Like what six weeks ago, and then of course, like they then. I mean the it into whole like, some weird Raven type of rally, Steelers, right? Yeah, the oh. Ravens right now are just. I don't know if anyone does the, the, on Broncos, that team doesn't have the Broncos. Broncos, the Steelers,
1: right now the Steelers. Yeah. If I read the last report correctly, the Steelers are slated to play three games in 12 days. Whoa. Ooh. Like that if was, they play that Wednesday.
0: Was, that was kind of how Casey was at early in the season. They were supposed to have that that Thursday night game against Buffalo. Then that got changed to like Sunday night as well. And yeah, no, I I do not envy. I do not envy that. But maybe maybe that'll finally get a loss. So then Casey can finally try and get that, <laughs> that one seed one seed back. I I want that. I
1: don't know how the Steelers <laughs> keep winning, but I appreciate it.
0: I, yeah, I, I, just, yeah, I don't, I don't their know, defense, I don't man, that's a, yeah. defense. <laughs> that's a good defense, that's a good defense. So, all right, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Um, at we we went on several different rabbit holes, and <laughs> oh, it could have gotten way worse. So I think we're yeah, very good, very yes, worse. yes, it is nothing like what we used to be back in the day. So, um, that is that is probably a good thing. Um, but. Again, thank you so much, Justin, for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You, you provided a lot of insight that not only did we not know, but just some things I just didn't even consider or think about. So, um, again, you can find Justin at fly, uh, fly By night, right? Correct. With uh, K-N-I-T-E. Um, do you have anything to plug, man?
1: I mean, if people want to follow my work, I'm on Patreon.com slash FlyByNight. I'm on. A, am I allowed to promote a podcast real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm on the Blue Wire Network for the Clippers it's called Clip and Roll. Uh, we do a weekly pod on there. Um, look, I don't mean to hijack this for a second. I want to tell people: stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yes. world is crazy right now. Please stay safe, social distance, and wear your mask. That's all I got.
0: Definitely, definitely agree with that.
2: Merge. Um. Uh, yeah. I. Th- that's really. All oh, I would say too. I thank you, thank you, Justin, for coming on. And let's see how all this works out, I guess. <laughs> Everyone stay safe. <laughs> and I am at playoff merge on Twitter. Still that. <laughs> yeah. You can find me
0: at Lakers1949. And you can find the podcast literally anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks to merge and finding everything. So uh hope you guys enjoyed it sorry for all the uh, rabbit holes. Actually, I don't care (laughs) because they're always fun. So uh, yeah, you guys have a great one. Thanks for listening. See ya.